they led him away. They seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and they laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people, and of women, who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep, weep for, for yourselves and your, your children. children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things when, when the, the wood, wood is, is green, green, what will happen when it is dry? Father, thank you. Thank you that we can be here this morning, that we can, we can worship together, whether we're away at home or someplace else or here within the sanctuary. And we can join our, our hearts together to worship you, to sing praise, to talk to you, to, to hear your word. So Lord, as we go through this worship, we pray that it will shape us more and more into who you're calling us to be. And Lord, now I pray that the words which will be spoken next, Lord, may they be your words and not mine. Pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Were you there? Life isn't always easy or fair, and it really hit me. As I watched Jesus stumble down the road, under the weight of the beam the soldiers were forcing him to carry, the beam that they're going to nail him to, a painful death, waiting for Jesus brought tears to my eyes. It was so hard to watch. Luke shows Jesus' heart for those around him even as he walks to his own death. He's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. The weight of our sin is so much heavier than the weight of the piece of lumber scraping against the, the broken skin of his back. While Simon's being forced to carry the beam and it offers Jesus some respite from the pain, the only reason the soldiers uh, allow this to happen is so that Jesus can stagger under his own power to Golgotha, the place of his execution. Jesus has been beaten so badly, he's no longer able to carry his own cross. Powerful visual, what a powerful echo to when Jesus calls his disciples to take up their own cross. What the cost of following Jesus may cost. Simon carrying Jesus' cross is only a brief reprieve for Jesus. Sometimes wonder. Why aren't there more tears and weeping? 
When we watch Jesus walk down that road to the cross, is it because it's only become another story to us? Or do we hide our emotions and feelings behind the familiarity of the story? Or maybe we hide it behind our, our theology, hating to think of Jesus as a human being who's hurting like this because of our sin. We too often fail to appreciate what's happening here. And Jesus carries his beam to the hill outside Jerusalem. The women watching Jesus stumble in exhaustion and, and pain understand, at least in part. That's why they're weeping and they're mourning for Jesus. They see an innocent man filled with compassion and mercy for others experience great hatred, cruelty, and injustice at the hands of the powerful. Jesus notices the women. And in another reminder of his compassion for us, even as he's undergoing extreme pain and suffering, he urges the women, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. Now mourning for Jesus isn't wrong because they love him. And they hate what's happening to him. And they know what their loss is going to be in his upcoming death. Jesus knows this. He also knows the reason why he's doing this. And that's more compelling and important than his own suffering. Jesus doesn't need our pity because he knows that his father's in charge even in this moment. And Jesus is following his father's will in order to save his people. Jesus knows that while he's fully human, he's also fully God. And so he knows that in his death, he's going to crush that serpent's head. He's going to defeat sin. He's going to wash away the stain of sin on our souls. That, and through his blood, he's going to help us experience new life. It's going to defeat death, that great punishment for our sin. But he also knows that great pain still lies ahead for him. So I was reflecting on this for the week. I was thinking, should we also weep for ourselves and, and our children? Trying to figure out what Jesus was getting at here. I realized I needed to go back to the Old Testament to understand what's going on. This is why we're a people who are immersed and we soak ourselves in the Bible. 
so that we can understand just what Jesus is going through and what he's talking about. We hear an echo back to Jeremiah 9. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider now, call for the wailing women to come. Send for the most skillful of them. Let them come quickly and wail over us until our eyes overflow with tears and water streams from our eyelids. The sound of wailing is heard from Zion. How ruined we are. How great is our shame. We must leave our land because our houses are in ruins. Now you women, hear the word of the Lord. Open your ears to the words of his mouth and teach your daughters how to wail. Teach one another a lament. The context of of where Jeremiah is talking here, he's calling them to repent because their sin is the reason Jerusalem and the temple are going to be destroyed and, and the people sent into exile. They're going to live through a whole world of hurt because of how they've been living and treating each other. So here, as Jesus is journeying to the cross, he calls the women to weep. To weep for themselves. To repent of their sin. Not their personal sin, but for the sin of all their people. You know, if they can do this kind of stuff while the tree is green, just imagine what they can do when it gets really rough. It helps us understand, you know, what Jesus says next. See, the time's going to come when you'll say, blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they'll say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. See, Jesus is pointing ahead to the destruction of Jerusalem and Herod's temple. It's going to happen about 40 years from then. It's going to happen by the Romans because of the Jews' defiance of Rome. And it's going to be brutal. See, Rome was unforgiving towards rebels. They were brutal against their enemies. They treated them with devastating harshness. To teach anyone else thinking of rebellion to have second thoughts. Brought back, it's going to bring back memories of how Babylon destroyed Jerusalem and the slaughter that occurred. A slaughter that's going to happen again by the Roman legions. Now imagine, he's saying to the women, You're going to consider yourself blessed that you never had children. That you never nursed a child. At that time, that was a curse. And Jesus says it's going to be so hard coming up that you're going to consider that a blessing. 
And God allows it to happen. As a result of Israel's sin, of Israel's choice to walk in their own paths instead of God's and Jesus's. See, during the time of Babylon, they didn't care anymore about orphans or widows or poor or the oppressed. They were in it for themselves. And then in Jesus' day, there was also a lack of compassion for the poor and widows and oppressed. Jesus said, you know what? You do all the rituals. You tithe your spices. But then you work around everything and you give all your wealth to the temple so that you don't have to take care of your parents or anybody else. And then the temple's in on it because they give it back to you so you can use it whatever way you want. Oh, Jesus is furious. That's why they didn't accept him. That's why they didn't accept that he was the way, the truth, and the life. We also get a warning here of the day of judgment. A time when Jesus is going to come back to claim all of heaven and earth for himself. Or that defeat of Satan is going to happen. But then all those who've rejected Jesus will join Satan. So for Israel, as the people heard this story later on, as they heard Jesus' command to the women to weep, they heard a, a reminder of their sin and a call to repent. A call to remember their history and God's faithfulness to his people in spite of their unfaithfulness. So I am so thankful we sang that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. See, the root of sin lies in wanting to be God of our own lives, wanting to trust in our own wisdom rather than God's wisdom. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. And that led to separation from God. And it's led to so much weeping and the need for repentance need to turn back and walk in God's way and fully trust in him. That call to repentance is the main message of Jesus. Jesus' whole ministry revolved around that call to repent and believe for the kingdom of God is near. And it's a radical, radical repentance. It's a complete turning around and return to the Father. Just think about the parable of the prodigal son. How, how he wishes his father dead so that he can have his inheritance and he can go live life the way he wants. But then when he comes back and says, I'll work, I'll pay you back. I don't even want to be your son anymore. You see the radical nature of God and say, oh, you're my son. Clothe him, give him a ring, and let's have a feast. But then there's the older son, one who couldn't be bothered to go after his younger son. 
who also only wanted what his father was going to offer him in the estate. But he did it. He rebelled against his father through super righteousness and super obedience. But he didn't really want his father, and his father begs him to join him in celebrating. And there's that parable of the Pharisee, the tax collector, praying in the temple. That Pharisee is so full of pride. He's got no clue of his need of God's mercy and forgiveness. He's just praying, thank you, I'm not like him. We see that need to admit that we have no claim on God and that we're called to humbly submit to God's mercy. Even though a lot of times we don't really get it. Ah, and then the rich man and Zacchaeus. We're called to embrace Jesus' values and lifestyle. Rich man says, can't do that. I love what I got way too much. Then you see Zacchaeus, the one we'd look down on. And he says, I'm going to pay back four times everything I took that I shouldn't have. Radical responses. That's what repentance is all about. That's why Jesus calls the women and us to weep and repent of sin that leads us to think that our wisdom is equal to God's. Think about it. How can we ever have a wisdom to understand a God who forgives so completely? To understand Jesus who takes our sin to the cross, who lived the perfect life in our place. Wow, what a life of pain and sorrow. Reverend Dr. Laura Mendenhall challenges us. I know I have sin of which I must repent, but I'm such a product of my era, so captive to my fears, so dominated by my own need that I can't even recognize my sin. She recognizes the need for self-awareness in each of us who follow Jesus. She also recognizes that many of us are not very self-aware. You know, we much more easily pick out the wrong in others. Oh, you don't believe the right thing. Oh, you're not doing the right thing. Oh, you know, look at who you are. We see that speck of dust in other people's eyes really easily. But that plank in our own eye, we keep looking around it, seeing, hey, it's not really there. See, without working on our self-awareness, without going to God and asking the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to our own pride and brokenness, we really don't feel the need for repentance. We think we're kind of on that road. It's okay. I'm good. God's good with me. How can he not love me? So what should we be mourning over, repenting from? 
Well, I think part of our mourning should be for how many people today in our own communities and lives are unaware of who Jesus is and their need for him. Do we really love our neighbor enough to say, I want you to be in eternity with me? I want you to know Jesus so that you can find healing and hope and forgiveness and grace. We should be lamenting the brokenness and injustice around us. Every time you open a newspaper, every time you read the news online or listen to the news, it's right there in our face. We should be mourning the effects of sin in the world and in every part of our lives and relationships. There is no relationship that we're in that is so good that hasn't been touched by sin, that we haven't hurt the other person. We should be mourning for those especially touched by the sins of others. For the hurt that's all around, often so silent and unseen. We should be lamenting how often we don't care enough to even try to bring heaven's shalom into our community because we're so concerned about our own lives. So it is the call. Well, part, part of our turning around to embrace God's call in our lives is to live as Micah calls us to act justly, to love mercy, walk humbly with God. We may not be able to change systems, but as Mother Teresa says, at the end of life, we will not be judged by how many diplomas we have received or how much money we have made or how many great things we have done. We'll be judged by, I was hungry. And you gave me something to eat. I'm thankful we had a reverse offering today. That the back is filled with food. I was naked and you clothed me. I was homeless and you took me in. As we walk Jesus' path of loving God and neighbor, we also share with them who Jesus is making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything God has commanded us. And part of that is us doing everything Jesus has commanded us. I'd like to end with this quote from Dr. Stephen Grable from the Acton Institute. We talked about it in the profession of faith class just this past week. Who is the church? Well, the church is the body of Christ given as a gift for the life of the world. That's who we are. Amen. Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. For your call to turn and walk in your path, in Jesus' path. And that we don't have to do it alone. 
that you've placed us together in the body of Christ, the church, but that you've also given us your Holy Spirit to remind us of all that Jesus has said and who he is and who you are. And Lord, we can't do it alone. So Lord, help us to walk together, to repent together, but then also to be your presence in this community and wherever you place us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.